Welcome back to the Valley to Peak Nutrition Podcast. This is a shorter episode this week looking at a single topic, and that's the topic of caffeine, altitude, and performance. It's often recommended that athletes drink high doses of caffeine as a way to improve performance. This is especially true of um, like folks trying to do things at higher altitudes in the mountains, whether it's an ultra or a ski touring or whatever. But the real question is, is there any value to that? Is it best practice? Lindsay and I dive into the topic this week, and uh, it was my goal to not only try to give an answer, but to provide history as to where the idea comes from, talk about what's fact versus fiction, what actually works, and most of all, most importantly, as we try to do in every episode, give you something tangible that you can use and go apply. So if the topic interests you, you may really enjoy this, or maybe you've got friends who have mentioned it or had questions about it, and uh, hopefully there is a few takeaways in here that you can use or they can use or, or what have you. So without further ado, here's the podcast. The next question is, do you recommend caffeinated sports drinks at high altitudes for endurance races? This person had read that they, it looks like that the caffeinated sports drinks help with improvement and wanted to hear your take on it. Do you drink caffeinated beverages when we go hiking? I try to not go hiking, so I don't have to worry about the caffeinated beverages, but I drink water. I don't drink enough water. I don't do well at all with any sort of endurance, anything, unless I'm very hydrated. So I just drink water, not because it's healthier, just because I don't want to pass out. That is also not entirely true. We have toted many baggies full of coffee mate powder to a lake <laughs> for energy and for endurance no i do it to warm up by a fire absolutely so I, I have a hunch that is not this person's purpose in asking but if you also want endurance to make it up a mountain and a little reward for getting there then you should pack the coffee powder as well okay so do i suggest caffeinated sports drinks so a little bit of history there is lots of hubbub lots of talk lots of conversation in the endurance world about caffeinated beverages so much so that even a lot of um sport beverage companies like tailwind make a you know make a electrolyte and endurance formula with caffeine in it what's interesting is is that yeah when you read and we're going to come back to this so do not sign off after i say this when you read some of the literature, there literature being studies of people doing this, there are some studies that'll say, oh yeah, there's some improved performance. Keep that in the back of your mind. I do not recommend it, and here's why. Caffeine's a stimulant, right? And so since it is a stimulant, it has an effect on the heart. And we have seen also in general science, not just in the endurance community, but in general science, that can affect everything. It can affect heart rate. It can affect heart rhythm. It can affect all sorts of things. That's just for your average person. When you take that fact and you combine high altitude where there's no oxygen and the heart's having to work harder to now push blood to everywhere. When you take that fact and you factor in, you're adding in some sort of an endurance sport where you are asking the body to go very long distances at a non-casual pace, to me, it just seems like way too much of a tax on the heart to add, to then say, oh, by the way, here's a little extra kick too. Why don't you start pushing even more blood? I'm not a giant fan of that for that reason. In addition to that, the studies that I mentioned earlier, when you dive into those and you look at the effect, the effect is mental, meaning 
you all of a sudden become alert, so you're able to push harder. It's not actually changing any of your physiology inside of your body that's now making you faster. What you are now able to push out, you've already got in you. You've just lost the juice. So in my mind, you would be your time would be better spent either digging deep, working with a sports psychologist when you start to hit those lows, something rather than adding an outside stimulant to an already taxed environment and trying to push the heart even harder. I think my biggest worry would be that I had just taken in a lot of caffeine, you're running, your legs are moving. If I learned one thing about the effects of caffeine, especially when moving your body, um, you're gonna be pushing something else out when you're up there. And there's that, right? And so the interesting thing, I mean, even though you're trying to be PC, the interesting thing is, is that when you read those studies, one of the main things that they cite in there as a negative trend, even at the therapeutic dose, and again, therapeutic dose is, well, how much of this stuff do we actually need to see a benefit? When you hit that therapeutic dose, one of the negative side effects is, yeah, you're, I mean, you might be running, but you're squirting too, <laughs> right? So it's it's a problem. And the, the, so the the other thing is, is, what is the therapeutic dose? The therapeutic dose is three to six milligrams per kilo of body weight, 30 to 90 minutes before an event. What does that mean? For the average 150 pound person, 68 kilo kilograms person, that's 409 milligrams of coffee. That's or 409 milligrams of caffeine. That is literally pounding four cups of coffee 30 minutes before you go do an endurance event. For someone who's weighs heavier, like maybe a guy who weighs 180 or 200 pounds, that number jumps to 545 milligrams of caffeine, which is almost six cups of coffee. And so you might be saying, oh, well, there's pills for that. There's other methods of getting that caffeine in like gum. And there is, but you have to remember, like if you've ever had a large cup of coffee hanging out with a friend over an hour and a half, that's like half of that. So if you shovel in 600 milligrams in a in a one dose sitting through a pill or through gum, I mean, you're going to be feeling the effects in a, a big way. So again, I go back to like, okay, well, if there was an ergogenic benefit, meaning if there was an actual advantage to an athlete, they would have to do this much, six cups of coffee before an event. Number two, if they had to reach that much for them to see a benefit, and I know what it's going to do to the heart. I know the environment they're going to be in, high altitude. I know the type of activity they're going to be doing, endurance, high heart rate. That seems to me like complete stupidity to have someone start taking a bunch of caffeine for a mental benefit, not even a physical one. I may have missed this, but why, why is this marketed to people? Why do people want to do this? Are they saying, I'll have better energy, I'll run faster? What, is, what are they told? Yeah. So everyone, no, I shouldn't say everyone. That's really broad. A anyone like wants an edge, right? Like they, we want to go by, I'm the same way, right? As, as, as much time as we spend hiking or hunting or camping or, you know, like, Oh, give me the, give me the pad that offers an R value of 4.7, even though I've already got a pad that offers an R value of 4.3, that 0.4 is going to be a game changer. This is a literal, this is literally a true story for us. <laughs> 
so when it comes to this, they're like, oh, well, you know, caffeine, like I'm already doing everything else. Maybe I can pile some caffeine in and improve times or whatever. So they've read somewhere that this can serve as as a as a benefit. And honestly, I see people who have my same credentials who are dietitians and maybe even like sports based dietitians that are saying like, hey, yeah, this would be really, really good for you because of the research. The problem is, is that sometimes, unfortunately, we don't exercise common sense with research, right? And so, yeah, the research might say, but then you have to go read the research study. What's the value? Oh, it's mental. Well, it would be better to battle through that than to tax the heart more. So that is my take on that. Now, something that that you could do, like something that has been reported to maybe even be more beneficial or safer to try would actually be giving yourself a period of seven to 14 days before an event of no caffeine and then drinking a regular amount the morning of the event. So like if you're a if you're a through hiker, if you're a backcountry hunter, if you've got a 72 hour endurance trail run coming up, whatever, give yourself seven to 14 days at home, no caffeine. And then whenever you're on the trail, have a normal cup of coffee and you could still get that mental clarity that they say comes with seven cups without having to tax the heart with seven cups worthy of caffeine. That's it. That's a wrap on this week. So thank you guys so much for joining Lindsay and I. Uh, We'll link any, I don't think we really mentioned any products, but if I did, we'll link them in the show notes. If you have any questions, you can shoot those over to us at info at v2pnutrition.com. If you have not already entered, enter the hashtag gummy in the wild contest to win some cool gear from Exo and Argali and Exped and Ivory Holsters and SNS Archery and uh, just a bunch of our other Friends, if you have any questions or you need anything, you got suggestions for the podcast, send those to info at v2pnutrition.com. And one thing that you could do for us, if you have just a couple of minutes, would be to go in the podcast app that you use, rank the show, leave us a note, share it with a friend of yours if you think that this would be helpful for them. And if anything else comes up, please let us know. Have a great week, everyone.